Welcome to Elevations, new perspectives on science, technology, education, and the arts. I'm your host, Amy Reynolds. We're talking with Dr. Christy Balai, Assistant Professor in Biology at Kent State and a computational ecologist, which means she uses data and models to describe how living systems behave. Welcome, Dr. Balai. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. Let's start with insects. What's so interesting about insects and how did you get into this line of research? That's kind of funny because I feel like insects kind of chose me. Um, I did my undergrad in physics and all I know is physics really wasn't for me. And so when I was an undergrad, I was applying for jobs around campus. And one of the first jobs that um, called me back was in an insect ecology lab. I just found insects so fascinating. There's so much important things that insects do in ecosystems. And insects themselves are really, really cool. But I really got drawn into the population ecology aspect of things. I was really interested in how insects could get to really high numbers very quickly or be really low numbers. And the things that they do within the ecosystem at these high numbers or low numbers things like pollination, um, decomposition, but I got really into the idea of predation. So insects that eat pest insects and um, how they regulate these pest insects in crop systems. That's what ultimately where I ended up doing my graduate work is with lady beetles in cropping systems like soybean um, and looking at the pests, soybean aphid specifically, where they were causing economic loss in these lady beetles we're able to respond to these populations of prey and often keep them down below levels that injured the crop. When you study insects and you study populations or ecosystems, I guess is the better way to put it, can you talk a little bit about how difficult it is sometimes to understand what's happening if you're not um, really understanding how, how data works and how you apply it to ecosystems? Well, absolutely. Ecosystems are naturally really very variable. So you can have high highs and low lows in the natural course of things. And so th that is an ecosystem that's not being disturbed by anything. So you, you can have these really high numbers, really low numbers. And so that's really important with populations and especially things like insects um, that can really multiply very quickly. So let's do a little thought experiment. I want you to imagine that you are a frog scientist studying frogs and you have three ponds that you could monitor and you only have the resources to monitor one of the ponds. Which of the ponds would you choose? you'd probably lean towards picking the one that has the most frogs, right? Because you're going to be able to get the most data. But because populations have these properties of going up and down over time, what you might have been doing is choosing a pond in the highest part in a population cycle. It means that when you go back to the pond, probability rules suggest that you will have a lower number of frogs. And so if you weren't thinking of these potential things that bias your data, think that the population of frogs is declining. But really, what you are capturing is sort of this natural fluctuation of the population. What does that concept and, and how you've thought about this study of insects and, and the ecosystems mean for the larger world? The problem is um, when you're bringing together lots of data and you're bringing together all of these different sources of data and all of these potential biases, what we end up seeing is biases in pattern. And so it makes it really hard to know 
if a population is undergoing a natural cycle or if it's responding to an environmental cue. Um, and the thing is, we know that natural populations do, in fact, respond to lots of cues. So in insects are, are really notorious for being very heat sensitive. So we would expect a lot of effects of things like climate change or pollution or, um, you know, changing landscapes. But because they have this natural up and down um, population regulation, it makes it really hard to see these signals very clearly. And so as part of the work that I do, um, I develop tools to try and parse out these signals. So that means um, pull out the different sources of variation that explain how the insect populations are moving through time in order to see how they're responding to their environment. But it becomes really hard when you have lots of data from lots of sources taken by lots of people who aren't necessarily recording every single thing that might be affecting that population. You're starting a podcast called How Do You Know? Can you tell us a little bit about it? This is a, a fun project. When I arrived at Kent State, I started hanging out with a group of early career women professors and we'd talk about our struggles and we'd talk about our ideas and we started to talk about ideas about data. With this podcast, I've partnered with um, Rebecca Caddo, who's a sociologist, and Bridget Mulvey, who is a professor of curriculum and education. We have decided to look, do a deep dive in how personal perspectives and how prior beliefs affect how people interpret data and how they bring their data together and how they how people take their data and derive meaning from it. It also helps us understand bias, right? I mean, you're really talking about how do you sort of understand all of these different elements of kind of how we, how we know what we know and how information informs our thinking. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, when we talk about bias in information science, we mean something a little bit different than um, those who talk about it when they're um, talking about it more generally. Like bias is sort of framed as this nefarious thing. This is this thing that is making people manipulate data or it's making people manipulate their perspective. And bias doesn't necessarily mean that when it comes to data. It simply means a systematic factor that is affecting a measurement. So it doesn't have to be evil. It just has to be a matter of perspective. So like imagine you are measuring the heights of different students and you're taking all the measurements and then someone else comes along and takes their shift doing height measurements of the student. If that person was taller, they might be holding the instrument a little bit differently. And so that's biasing the data. And it's not because of any sort of ill intent or um, plan to disrupt the data. It's just a slightly different perspective causing a slightly different measurement to happen. The podcast is called How Do You Know? It's available through Squarespace. And I'm really looking forward to listening to it. Thank Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Balai. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. We've been talking with Dr. Christy Balai, Assistant Professor of Biology and Computational Ecologist at Kent State. Elevations is produced by Joe Gunderman and John Nungesser. I'm Amy Reynolds, Dean of Kent State's College of Communication and Information. Join us every Saturday morning on 89.7 and hear this and past interviews at wksu.org slash elevations.